Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Anybody seen the white flash? Oh, there he is. Live! From Studio C. Si, senor! A dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And you know what? On Little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Xi Jinping! Apparently... He certainly is running the WHO, or got them afraid, afraid to tell the truth. What makes you say that? Well, the uh, big report is out on the uh, response to the pandemic, and it's rather muted in its assessment of China. And uh, people are assuming that uh, China had a hand in that? Well, it's, it's pretty clear. I mean, it's... It exposes everything that's wrong with the WHO. They're beholden to their main financiers and or participants and afraid to actually do anything when something's needing to be done and then afraid to to say anything when something needs to be said. It's just it's a big self-protecting bureaucracy. Yeah, somehow I missed the WHO report yesterday, so I look forward to uh, to hearing about that. Um, I've been, for some reason, really focused on the uh, Israeli-Palestinian conflict, even though that's happened a hundred times in my life, always with the same result. Yeah, I'm glad you're working that desk because I've kind of glossed over it. What uh, I'm kind of interested in the domestic angle on it, too. For instance, Joe Biden, the president, came out and said yesterday that Israel has the right to defend itself, and several of uh, his own party were very unhappy with that, including like AOC and others mm-hmm. who, uh, who uh, very loudly pushed back. We'll read you the tweets and stuff on that. But that's kind of that's louder within government criticism of israel than i remember yeah yeah it's interesting the uh the way left the young left is just all wrapped up in the palestinian thing has mm-hmm. been for a while but they're just kind of knee-jerk always israel's always wrong and then i'm enjoying the is it a war or not conversation or is it an intifada or not an intifada an uprising that's very close to a war so i'm not exactly sure how you delineate these things but is there like a test you can take at the doctor? I'm sorry, Jimmy. You have intifada. I would think if it's a certain number of missiles, they would have uh, exceeded that yesterday. Man, oh man, was uh, where they swapping missiles a lot yesterday. What a, what an interesting way to live and to live in a country so tiny that you could legitimately be destroyed. Right, it's just hard to picture when you when you live in the United States. Well, and it's difficult to say what Hamas is is after. Is it just you know retribution? What what do you think is going to happen after you send a bunch of missiles into Israel? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Or, I don't it's know. rockets, technically speaking. How many places don't have gas in the southeast today? You can text us if you've been to a gas station that was empty. Four one five two nine five KFTC. I find that fascinating. Yeah. The yeah the panic buying is something else. I think I said this yesterday. If I didn't say it, I thought it. It matched for the lead in most useless uh, speeches in humankind are telling a woman to calm down and saying, no panic buying. Do not panic buy. I mean, please. 
Please, the minute those words are out of the authority's mouth, people just flood to the gas station or the toilet paper rack or whatever. Well, like we said yesterday, I can be completely rational and say, look, there's plenty of gas. They're going to get this thing up and run again. And panic buying will only lead to problems. Mm-hmm. But if other people are panic buying, I need to go to the closest place to me that has gas and fill up my tank. I just have to. Well, the good news is the pipeline is up and running and should be all fine by the weekend. Or so they say. But, uh, yeah, but how many, how, how long does it take for the pipeline, from the pipeline to be running for the gasoline to actually get to the gas stations? It must be fairly fast, though, because the pipeline got shut down and within, what, a day, there were gas stations that were out of gas. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that it would have been that tight. I would have thought there'd been some lag time in there where, you know, it might be weeks later before you see it actually showing up at the pump. Right. Not like yeah, the I next don't... day. I don't actually know how many days uh, supply do the gas stations have in those big old tanks under the ground. I don't, must not, I don't must, know if it's half a day or six weeks. Must not be that much, but that's a very good question. If you work at one of those places, you drive one of those trucks that are parked out front of the, the Circle K or the AMPM or wherever it is you go to, the get-and-go. How big are those tanks under there? Is that like a month's worth of gas or a day's worth of gas? I don't have the slightest idea. Interesting. And, and do they have a tank uh, with the, the fake cheese for the nacho chips under there, too? Is that right? <laughs> the gasoline tanks. The, the other thing I don't quite understand is they talk about the different, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's 87, 89, and 91 level of gas, and then, mm-hmm. uh, and then all kinds of different fuels. It's your octane. There are all kinds of different fuels. So do they all, is the big giant pipeline got a bunch of little pipes inside it? Is that the way a pipeline works? I thought Wait it was just. I thought the big giant pipeline was just you know hollow, full of gas going out. But there's several different kinds of fuel that are there shortage of, so it must have different smaller pipes inside. You remember the the tour in the Simpsons of the Duff beer plant? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's similar to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is I've been reading right. about this all week long. Is it a gasoline pipeline or an oil pipeline, like crude oil? It's got to be gasoline. You wouldn't you wouldn't have immediate shortages at the gas pump if it were oil and they had to turn it into gas. You know, I'm realizing how little I know about the petroleum industry at this moment. Yeah. Well, it's the biggest pipeline in America, and I'd never heard of it in my life. Yeah. It also, to me, kind of flies in the face of all this resistance to the Keystone Pipeline. Oh, that's that's purely symbolic. It's idiotic. It's worse than symbolic, since now they have to truck the oil instead of sending it uh, practically pollution-free through a pipeline. Right. Huh. It's utterly idiotic. If you know any of the stuff that we don't know about this, go ahead and text us at 415-295-KFTC. We'll educate people on this. Dump, dumb it down a little bit. Oh, yeah. Right. Don't, don't use technical jargon. No, no. You see, at the Duff Beer Plant there in Springfield, <laughs> you go down in the basement and you see that uh, all the beer comes out of one pipe and then some of it goes into Duff Light, Duff Regular. Duff Super Premium. Yeah, exactly. It's all yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, this is only the packaging that's different. Sure, exactly. The can is different. It's Duff, the, Duff, the, that wonderful stuff. Uh, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. That's why we introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo. I'm sorry, technical director. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers, never eating eggs. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, how are you this morning, Michael? <laughs> I'm okay. You know what? I'm, I've never trusted the gas industry. i got to be honest I with you. I don't either. Because I'm, I just have this feeling I'm going to be paying $5 gas because of this. They're going to say, well, it happened on the East Coast. But it affects the West Coast as well. It so. always, always seems to work. And we don't know, you know. So it's just... There's something, something. something. Supply interruptions, and, but, something, and, and it never something worked, global, and never, something. And it never works the other direction. No. No, it doesn't. 
Um, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Uh, excited that the uh, the Preakness horse racing uh, event is is coming up this week. I did week, not know that. This weekend. And uh, I have one of my They're favorite... going to be on steroids and cheating again? Uh, one of them might be. Junky horses, as President Trump called them? <laughs> Look at them with their fixer kits. Um, the uh, And I get to do one of my uh, absolute delights. I will present you with a name, and it will be up to you or Joe to figure out if that name belongs to a horse that is competing in this weekend's Preakness horse race, or yes. if that is a streaming show that you can watch on a streaming service <laughs> on your uh, smart and or idiot TV. I expect this to be very difficult. Oh, yeah. For instance, <laughs> if I say Real Sports with Bryant Gumble, <laughs> you would know that that yes. is a thing that I can watch on ooh, HBO ooh, on my ooh, streaming ooh. device. I know that one. I know that one. I'm guessing your uh, your selections are more difficult than that. That was simply the example. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, I'm Jack Armstrong. I like the popularity of the new uh, Carter's second term buttons that people are wearing. Uh, the, the whole the trying to get that going. Trump tweeted about it. Or, Whatever made his statement yesterday about it yesterday, and I've heard it on a bunch of different news places. I think McConnell said it. It's uh, Carter's second term. That's what they're trying to get going. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Thursday, May 13th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. It seems like you got to be over a certain age for that to leave a mark, right? Yes. I don't yeah. know what that's trying to communicate. Yeah, unless you're 50, it doesn't really mean anything to you. I actually saw that fact-checked, believe it or not. Uh, and they said, essentially, Jimmy Carter builds homes for the poor, and everybody seems to love him. Eh, you had to be around. I'm talking about when he was president. This is Buchanan's second term. Is that a good <laughs> thing or a bad thing? I don't know. All right, let's begin the show now officially, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Twitter, I think the last time he posted it was 2012 or something. Twitter is a bathroom wall. There you go. <laughs> Twitter is a bathroom wall. It's a bathroom floor. Uh, how's mail bag work? Uh, I know how it works. How's it look? <laughs> it works fine most days. It's a, it's looking good. It's a, a nice uh, potpourri. Of, People of send thoughts. me emails. I read them when uh, uh, the ones just, I like the best. I pass along on the air. That's how it I works. Edit, I edit out the swears. <laughs> <laughs> that you know how the petroleum industry works. No, no, no. this, nope. this I've got a handle on. And Joe, since I don't know anything about it, will tell us about the WHO report that came out yesterday about the pandemic. We talked to one of the world's greatest historians. Neil Ferguson, who said the world gets an F on its handling of the pandemic. An F for humanity. That's mm-hmm. something. And we'll, we'll play that for you, too. All today. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Boy, here's a shock for you. So uh, the Biden administration has pumped out $5 trillion so far in, uh, in various stuff. And the New York Times is saying the government's having a hard time policing exactly where that money's going or how it's being used because oh. it's so much so fast. They can't keep track of how it's being spent. Rampant spending with no accountability by the government? Is that what you're suggesting, sir? How dare you? Holy crap. Yeah, I know. I know. We gave some good examples of that yesterday. Just the convoluted, difficult to understand and impossible to enforce guidelines on what states and counties and cities are supposed to do with the money. Oh, my God. They're, they're going to waste so much money. Oh, yeah. It's going to be just insane. Well, we'll get some good inflation out of it, so you know, yeah, we'll that's, go for nothing. That's the article right next to it in the New York Times. Inflation is here. What now? Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. 
Oh, golly. Mailbag. Well, at least the stock market's not in the tank. Oh, wait a minute. Your freedom-loving quote of the day sent along by alert listener. Uh, Sorry. Pages are stuck together. Uh, Chuck. Chuck! Uh, Freedom-loving quote of the day uh, from Calvin Coolidge. One of the first efforts of all kinds of absolutism is to control the press and the schools as the sources of information and education of the people. Where the press is free is in our country. It has a reciprocal duty to its own, of its own, to perform toward the administration of government, of giving true reports to the people of the actions of public officials. To do otherwise would be to establish a petty tyranny of its own. It's a little wordy there, Cal, but uh, it's a good point. And then Chuck passes along, ladies and gentlemen, the complete lyrics to the Singapore vaccine song. Oh, awesome. Yes. Yes. Do we have a clip of that? Get the vaccine or vaccinated. I don't remember how it goes. I have no memory of how it goes. <laughs> uh, the vaccine is not anyhow whack against COVID. It will protect. It's just a sample of the Dylan-esque lyrics to the Singaporean vaccine song, which is evidently not at our fingertips, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> what happens on that note? Okay, that part right there. Stop it. Better, right. better get your shot. There. What's the lyrics after that? Singapore, don't wait and see. Better get your shot. Steady palm pp. Okay. pi So it's obviously going back and forth between English and Singaporean. Oh, that doesn't help me. No. Faster go and vaccinate. Don't delay. You wait. What wait? Okay. There you go. Some That's good stuff. Huh? I don't know the exact verbiage from Livin' La Vida Loca, but I get the spirit that sure. it's trying to communicate. Absolutely. That's right. all you need is the spirit, which is get your vaccination. You catch enough to get it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, moving along. Uh, hey, guys. Singapore. something. <laughs> no, but no. It's Singapore. Singapore. <laughs> like somebody puts their thumb on the record player. Ugh, that note makes me my skin crawl. Uh, guys, you need to all look at something before you encourage people to get the so-called vaccine. People who've gotten the shot are now magnetic in just the spot the shot was administered. People are literally having magnets stick to their arms where they got microchip. I have not heard that. Where they got microchipped. Okay, yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm going to try that when I get home. Try a refrigerator magnet on my microchip. Thanks. Well, I got a pen over here somewhere. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think people are getting microtripped, uh, sir. Uh, oh, uh, a, a bit behind on the podcasts, uh, Christy explains, but there is an Airbnb for rental cars, which we had discussed a couple of days ago. It's called Turo.com, T-U-R-O, okay. Turo.com. It's called UseMyCarInACrime.com. <laughs> No, no, no. That's expressly against the rules, Sean. Oh, okay. You click on I accept <laughs> and say you won't. Or Prices it's, called, are... it's called my car has never smelled the same since <laughs> dot com. What did you do in here for the love of God dot com? Prices are way cheaper. No lying at the counter. No waiting eight hours for some nitwit to type in all the information you already entered online. Just oh. don't look in the trunk. <laughs> Uh, let's, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the freaking rental cars. I mean, they need a disruptor like uh, taxi cabs did. A disruptor that makes them get their act together. Because that whole fill out all your crap for a half an hour and then get there and do it all again. What the hell, rental yeah. car people? God, one person working the counter at a busy international airport. There's 17 people in line. Brutal. Hate it. 
love you guys, writes Cy in Houston. Big Pharma was wrong, but what has happened is people who need the painkillers now can't get them anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that many times. I, I don't have the problem with painkillers, but I have a problem with all kinds of other drugs that could possibly be addictive that, like, uh, my son takes, for instance. And it's so hard to get the prescription through. And if you come up short, they won't give you any unless they've got specific, because, you know, you could be abusing it. <laughs> Can't you get the both ends right? Can you not give 8 million pills to one small town, but at the same time give me an extra two days doses because we came up short right. of something no, nobody's no is going answer. to abuse? No, you can't get that right, apparently. <laughs> not in bureaucrat America, which is one of Neil Ferguson's major themes. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of history, of insight, if you're just a fan of super intelligent Scotsman talking to you, you'll love Neil Ferguson. Uh, how much time do we have? Very little. Uh, let's see. This we only from... have this moment, Joe. Ah, uh, that's beautiful, Jack. It's called mindfulness. Even less time now. Yeah, thank you, Sean. <laughs> thank you, Sean. Uh, yeah, we don't really have time for this. Great note from Nick about uh, America is probably too soft to resist China's attempts to take over the world. You may be right. History will tell, my friend. I think he. I think unfortunately he's right. The world is too soft to resist China's uh, aggressiveness. Yeah, but we're, we're living in an age, uh, a different age than China. Yeah. Good stuff right there. Uh, so the WHO report came out. Joe's going to break it down for us. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, kid gloves. Really weak, honestly. And well, what which fits in with the whole the world being soft to China. Yep. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You remember that whole story of the brain scramblings? 60 Minutes did a piece on that recently. Oh, yeah, the microwave attacks. Somebody, Russia or China or whoever's scrambling brains of uh, U.S. citizens and military guys and CIA workers. Diplomats and such. Well, the New York Times got a really in-depth article about that today. It's been happening as recently as two weeks ago. Wow, um, it's it's ongoing, including, including on U.S. soil, right? Yeah, and including a two-year-old. Oh Lord, yeah. So oh. more on wow. that coming up. What the heck? Oh, and a guy got arrested in Bay Area traffic. Which, if you've ever driven in San Francisco Bay Area afternoon drive time traffic, it's one of the pleasures in the world. Oh Lord! Um, but a guy got arrested for being in the back seat of his Tesla on self-driving mode yesterday. And we got to talk about that. Oh, my. Irresponsible, sir. Keep both hands hovering over the wheel. What's the point of a self-driving car if I can't get in the back seat? Sorry, I can't hear you. Keep your hands hovering. So the Washington Post has written up the voluminous report of the, well, it's not the World Health Organization. It is the Independent Panel for Pandemic Preparedness and Response, a 13-member group that wrote an assessment of the WHO and the world in dealing with the Chinese bat fever. Uh, Neil Ferguson, in a interview that we'll play you a chunk of coming up in a little bit, uh, gave the world an F for their response, and mm. this panel seems to agree. An F is not a good grade. And the WHO says the same thing. Wow. Well, the, the, the independent panel, yeah. Uh, the panel reconstructs how early warning systems failed and agencies faltered, giving the virus time to spread from the central Chinese heartland to the rest of the world, killing millions, et cetera, et cetera. The experts conclude that the rules on emerging infectious threats are inadequate, the WHO could have acted faster, and that many governments ignored warnings with disastrous results. And so they've called for the creation of a brand new bureaucracy. <laughs> 
Overhauls to the WHO, updates to the rules governing emerging health, uh, emerging health threats, and action on vaccine equity. I understand why that sounds like it would make sense, that a new bureaucracy would help, but I've not really seen evidence of that working in my life. When a bureaucracy fails, you come up with a new, bigger bureaucracy. You, go, you usually keep the old one. You just right. add another layer of even more people. Oversight. And then it's supposed to work better, and it doesn't. It just gets slower and more mucked up. Right. We need a new panel to oversee the panel overseeing the panel. One of the panel's most notable contributions is tucked away in background materials. materials. It's an hour-by-hour, day-by-day reconstruction of what happened in Wuhan, China, from December 2019 through January 2020. Uh, They remind us, for instance, that Chinese labs started sequencing the new virus before the WHO was even aware that it existed. So Chinese scientists knew, uh-oh, something crazy's happening here. We've got to uh, sequence the genetics of this virus before anybody said anything. We see clearly well, so and painfully. Why, so why didn't they tell the world right then? China? Yeah. Because they were covering something. They had something to hide. I, I've got to believe that. You know, I, I'm not an expert by any means on... Chinese communist mindset. You know, is there some sort of paranoia about revealing any flaw? Yeah, yeah, I'm not an expert, but I've read an awful lot about it through the through years, whether it's uh, the Soviet Union or Cuba or whatever. There is a lot of that. It could be just as simple as those individuals knew they'd lose their jobs and their homes and everything that, that goes with their lives if they had made a mistake, because that's often the way you're treated in communist countries. Sure. And they just plain, for their own self-preservation, kept it a secret. That very much mirrors how the sequence of events was depicted in the, the miniseries Chernobyl oh, yeah. um, on sure. HBO. Phenomenal, if anybody hasn't watched that yet. When, when I, I, so I like this angle of it. It's just the, the communist system is to blame. For the freaking and in a normal country, like if that had started in the United States, it would have been contained in a tiny little area. The world oh, yeah. would not have spent twenty five trillion dollars. You wouldn't have an entire generation around the world of kids that missed a year and a half of school and will never catch up. You know, and of course, the millions and millions of deaths. Right, right, and yet the dewy-eyed morons in uh, college social classes want to try socialism again. Anyway, uh, where was We see clearly and painfully how potentially life-saving information emerged on social media and through Chinese-language press reports rather than through official channels, but then was quashed as quickly as possible. Uh, in footnotes to the timeline, the, si- the panel actually cites WAPO reporting on how officials silenced whistleblowers and encouraged residents to keep attending public events despite risks. They think it went all the way up to Xi Jinping. Interestingly enough, the they report- do. That's that's interesting because um, I know there had been reports earlier that he was completely unaware because everybody was scrambling beneath him to stay out of trouble. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's an AP series. I mean, whether it's true or not, I can't tell you. But interestingly enough, uh, it, it's very gentle on on China, and the news release doesn't even use the word China at all about the report. Um, although I think they just felt like they had to tap dance around it. People are making, you know, people are noticing that it's pretty gentle on China, but there's a lot that's really critical of China that I've seen so far. So I don't know. And Lord knows I'm not easy on China myself. Uh, though the panel treads carefully on the topic of China, it takes slightly more confident stances evaluating the WHO, sp- spotlighting shortcomings but stopping short of calling out specific leaders. Of course, uh, they talk about 
outdated regulations that need to be overhauled. I mean, to give to give an example, to get back to what we were just talking about, and this is something that's pretty well known. There were people in provinces of China who were telling Mao things are going great, farming's going great, while everybody was starving to death by right. the millions. Same thing in the Soviet Union. I mean, so if you're willing to say things are going great while millions are starving just because you get in trouble for saying, hey, your plan's not working so good. Yeah, your central planning sucks. It doesn't work. I'd say keeping a virus secret that you don't know how dangerous it could be is nothing compared to there are dead children all over your village and you pretend it didn't happen. Right, right. Uh, the panelists also noted the WHO met in January 2020 to debate declaring a public health emergency, uh, but didn't. And there's no new insight on why they didn't. They just sat on their hands. Um, so... You know, now is probably a perfect time, and this comes up uh, indirectly with Neil Ferguson, which, again, we'll play a little bit later on. This is one of my favorite bits of writing of all time. Um, Jerry Purnell came up with the Iron Law of Bureaucracy. The Iron Law of Bureaucracy states that in any bureaucratic organization, there will be two types of people. First, there will be those who are devoted to the goals of the organization. Examples are dedicated classroom teachers in an educational bureaucracy, many of the engineers and launch technicians and scientists at NASA, even some agricultural scientists and advisors in the former Soviet Union collective farming administrations. They were there to get results. Secondly, there will be those dedicated to the organization itself. Examples are the many administrators in the education system, many professors of education, many teacher union officials, much of the NASA headquarters staff, etc. The Iron law states that in every case the second group will gain and keep control of the organization it will write the rules and control promotions within the organization meaning bureaucracies move from purpose to self-protection and that becomes their primary occupation always it's an iron law and if you're on the front end of something where you're trying to do you know whatever the uh, the job is whatever the goal is it always seems like the bureaucracies only role is getting in your way slowing you down from doing what you want to do right right and you know the only time you hear from them is when it's gonna make your life worse never when it's gonna make your life better well and speaking of organizations that ought to be criticized our own cdc seems to be just chock full of people who love regulating they love telling you stand over there now move over there put on a mask take it off uh, yeah, or, or don't wear a mask at all in the early days. Um, there are people, and I, I hate people like this, and I tend not to hang around them, so they seem like strange beasts to me. But there are people who love to control others. Speaking of masks, uh, Dr. Fauci, I just saw up on one of the Twitter headlines from a news organization, Dr. Fauci saying, you don't need to wear masks outdoors. We need to make the transition now. I haven't seen the actual quote what he said there, but I, I hope he's timely. I hope he's now on board with uh, Doctor Gottlieb on no masks outdoors. I was at the park yesterday, and I'm pretty sure now I could be wrong about this. You know, it's kind of like uh, you're 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 they're late getting your soup out, and you think it's anti-Semitism. Um, uh, maybe they're just late getting your soup out, but mm-hmm. it. I feel like I've had this experience before where I show up to the park without masks on and I get the look and the people leave who've got the masked people. And I feel like that happened last night. They, they gave me the wide-eyed look as me and my kids walked up to the uh, the playground. We we're going to play frisbee in the grass and gave me the look and then they were gone. So maybe it was just time for them to go. But, you know, I used to throw on the mask because I didn't want to make people feel uncomfortable. I'm not doing that anymore. You're 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 wrong. 
I'm not going to say you're stupid because you probably take in news from a what is supposed to be a trusted news source that is misleading you. But you're wrong. You don't need to have a mask on sitting on that park bench away from the playground structure watching your kids. You just don't. At this point, though, where are they getting their news? You got Sanjay Gupta on CNN saying, nah, take off your damn mask. You have the New York Times. Washington Post. Well, we keep referencing this Neil Ferguson interview we did yesterday, and, and nobody's heard it, but uh, you can hear it. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. But he said he walks, when he doesn't wear a mask, he feels like he's being received as if he's wearing a MAGA hat. <laughs> right. And right. I think uh, wearing the mask is the other way around. It's, uh, it's anti-MAGA to have a hat on. So you are a dangerous redneck when you walk into that park. That's I the way the other guess, parents perceive you. I guess. Even though, as we... The New York Times pointed out yesterday, there has not been one, not one on planet Earth, single case that they can identify of passing the virus outside. Humanity is so stupid. So they can't be helped. I need to give up. I need to give up on humanity. That's the only way I'll be happy. Is Conor McGregor actually the richest athlete in the world, Sean? Is that true? Uh, highest paid, yeah. Highest yeah. paid athlete in the world. Uh, for that for that particular year. And well, I, that's, I, yeah. That, yeah. That, Matt, that's something. Well, okay. Maybe we'll take a look at that list. There's lots of stuff we can talk about today. Sure. You know, it, it's all over the place. Scattershot. Stream of consciousness. A little buffet we have a of bo- ideas. We have, a, we have a boss once that said, yeah, you guys are kind of stream of consciousness today. Yeah, he did. I like stream of consciousness, but... Sure. Depends on your consciousness. Maybe you got a boring consciousness. Then your stream's no good. You have a weak stream, <laughs> if you will. Low T <laughs> or something. All right. Um, Probably time for a break. Uh, how bad is the gas shortage and all kinds of different stuff we can talk about? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Do you really think it's okay? Because I still feel judged. I feel uh, people are giving you the side eye. It's not no. comfortable, Dr. Fauci. We, I know, Gail. We've got to make that transition. If you are vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask outside. It would be a very unusual situation. If you were going into a completely crowded situation where people are essentially falling all over each other. <laughs> Then you wear a mask. <laughs> but yeah. any other time, if you're vaccinated and you're outside, put aside your mask. You don't have to wear it. Yeah, well, here's what Dr. Joe says. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to get the disease. And if somebody else is in a situation where they're falling all over each other and they're not vaccinated, they're vulnerable, they've self-selected that. I yeah, mean, unless well, unless there's somebody you know, like like a tornado and everybody crowds into a shelter and they have to be there, then I suppose you could, you know, have more regard for other people's safety. But uh, I'm glad the big two are on board with no masks outside now. Gottlieb and Fauci and uh, Gottlieb, of course, was saying last weekend you don't even need to wear masks inside a lot of places, and he used San Francisco as an example. Right, you could get rid of the mask man- mandates indoors, let alone outdoors. And I see the governor of California has announced June fifteenth. They'll uh, um, get rid of the mask mandate. June 15th, well, that's a month away. That's an entire month that restaurants could be open and making money and all, you know, so many different businesses could be making money and it'd be easier to run your schools and everything else. Um, And the science does not back up waiting till June 15th with California having the lowest COVID 
caseload in America. And as usual, the response to we are prepared to end the mandate is there's a mandate. Oh, yeah, I think I heard about that. Well, yeah, for outdoors or anything else. But yeah. indoors, I mean, the people, the restaurants are still you got the big uh, tents outside and, you know, only so many tables. There's no re- there's no signs to back it up. So as Dr. Scott, Scott Gottlieb had said, um, we need to remove the mandates as quickly as we put them in. I mean, you put them in just all of a sudden people's heads were spinning. What? My restaurant's closed? Can you even do that? But to relieve, to, to get rid of the mandates, even though the science tells you it's fine, a month from now, now that the dad is in, maybe. We'll see. Actually, six weeks after the dad is in that you could re- get rid of the mask mandates, you're going to do it. A month and a half. I mean, what's the excuse for that? Well, if there's any silver lining to this whole catastrophe, it's that uh, people with the ability to to understand what they're seeing have seen a beautiful example of how power works and how liberty works and how liberty lost doesn't come back quickly and how those who have power over us, they just they really enjoy it and they hold on to it and give it up only grudgingly, if at all. So the Preakness Stakes, I'd like a medium rare. The Preakness Stakes are this weekend. It's a horse race and Sean's got a little game for us. That's right, I do. It is where my where my sound effect go. Uh, it's right here. Sound effect, nothing. That's that's Gladys. I didn't know playing the Gladys. trumpet. I didn't know you still had the Her lungs vehicles. to play the cornet that way. That's fantastic, Gladys. So that's a ninety-six year old. That's impressive. Yeah. Early on, uh, we got the Preakness racehorse. I will give you. A name, you will tell me if it is a Preakness racehorse or if this is a program, TV, or movie that you can watch on a streaming service on your smart TVs. So, Preakness horse or TV show? Uh, all right. Or slash movie. You know, okay. Fair yeah, enough. All the same. All the same. Uh, so we will start with uh, Jack. I'll start with you. Concert tour. Is concert <laughs> tour a Preakness racehorse no or a program on a streaming service? 100% a guess. I'm going to go with streaming. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Concert tour is a five to two odds on concert tour. There you, go. you know nothing about horse racing. All right. Um, how about uh, Joe? We'll go to you. Yes. Uh, risk taking. Is risk taking a Preakness racehorse or a streaming show? <laughs> Sounds like a nag to me. I believe that's a horse. Excellent. Yes, risk taking. Oh, yes. 15 to 1 ah, favorite. the ponies. Very nice. I Very nice. enjoy it so much. Yes. <laughs> All right, Joe. Yes. Or, uh, no, I'm sorry. No, we'll go, we'll go back to Jack now. Right. Uh, Queen of the South. Is Queen of the South a Preakness racehorse? Again, 100% a guess. <laughs> I'm going to go TV show. Excellent, Queen of the South. Man, Teresa I, flees Mexico after I, her drug runner boyfriend is murdered. I take oh. Settling in Dallas, she looks to become the country's reigning drug smuggler and to avenge her lover's murder. On Netflix. Great, Scott. I take no credit for that. That was merely a guess. All right, Joe, uh, let's go with... Um, Unless it's like an SAT score or something in school, then I pretend that I wasn't guessing. Yeah, give me a second, Sean. I'm still trying to zip up my uh, my jockey silks. They don't, they don't <laughs> fit quite like they used Those to. shrink? Oh, 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 my. Maybe you dried them too long. <laughs> unbridled honor. Joe, is unbridled honor a Preakness racehorse or a streaming program? That is clearly an equine right there. That's a horse. <laughs> that is a horse. 15 gonna, to 1 odds right there as well. I'm going to throw a Twinsky down on that horse. All right, Joe is up two points to one point for Jack. I think that'll, uh, when you want to call it there for round we'll, one, or we'll, do we'll, we'll join again next hour. Okay. <laughs> I'm ahead um, by a nose. A couple of things we got to look at. There's so many trillions of dollars going out the door, according to the New York Times. The agencies for policing where the money goes and how it gets spent just can't even come close to keeping up. We all know they couldn't keep up before, so 
That's not a surprise. I don't like the Wall Street Journal front page top of the fold saying inflation surge rattles markets. I don't like the New York Times saying inflation is here. Here's what's to do about it. All these inflation articles. Inflation is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we all believe inflation is real, we start buying crap while we think it's it's just like the it's just like the run on gasoline in the southeast. We think oh things are getting expensive, I better buy it now, which causes the prices to go up, which causes us to, to to hoard more, which causes them to make it faster because they realize and it just it just spirals out of control. Well, and please don't leave out pumping trillions of fake money into the economy. By the government, over and over again. I, I, nobody wants to listen to a radio show that's going to make them miserable. But we could we could head into like a decade long period of just ick with our finances nationally here, where it's inflation and and you know uh, interest rates are out of control and home value. I just oh, it could be it could it so easily could be hellish for the next ten years. Well, at least the captain at the helm isn't an exhausted 80-year-old. Oh, whoops. Wait a minute. God dang it. Yeah, I know. it. I got a, I got a bad feeling, man. But again, we don't want to make people miserable. I've got a great story of corpse abuse. We don't want to whistle for next pa- hour. It'll really raise your spirits. We don't want to whistle pa- past the graveyard, though, either. We don't want to pretend that this isn't like a really likely outcome. Right? Right? I think it's hilarious when it's clear you didn't hear what I said. (laughs) Stay tuned. It's great. Trust me. Armstrong and Getty.